Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Diane. My name is Pete. Welcome back. Yes, we had a bit of a hiatus there. Welcome back. Woohoo! <laughs> well, we're very excited, though. I mean, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks of, uh, I guess, being sick, being busy. Mm-hmm. We still can probably hear it a little bit in our voices. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're back. And yeah. better than ever. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. We've had some, some neat things go on in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, which you're going to speak to. Um, I certainly was very busy working on the other podcast that I am in. Yes. Field Processor Published. Yeah. We got a new episode up. It takes a lot of effort to get those ones out. So this one, yeah, that took four months, which is crazy. Crazy, but... Uh, yeah, first track, opening track, rewind. You like it? Sounds good? I do. And it has some sound effects that seem to be quite popular on the radio right now. Oh, sound effects. I don't know. Instrumentals. <laughs> Something that this you're doing. Awesome. Synthetics. Synthetics, instrumentals. It I don't sounds know. like a scientist talking about music. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it sounds like something that should be on the radio, basically, is what I told you. And that's all I want to hear. Uh-huh. Like, oh, wait, I hate songs on the radio. Maybe I don't want to hear that. See, but I think if you put it on the radio, a whole bunch of people would like it. Mm. Well, I'll just go do that then because it's easy as pressing the button. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what are we going to talk about today, Diane? Uh, well, interestingly, this week uh, Nintendo came out with their video promo of their new system and you showed it to me and it was actually pretty cool. And I thought that we could talk about sort of like technological advances because mm. I also had a couple of anecdotes and stories from this week that also spoke to, uh, you know, doing things a bit differently, more modernly, what, and what the consequences are, All right. are of that. So why don't we, why don't we, do you want to jump into the switch first or do you want to jump into the other thing first? Uh, we can do switch and then I can uh, kind of throw in my other stories here okay. and there. So the interesting thing about the Switch is it's been long rumored that Nintendo was going to release a new console. Um, and for the last few years, they've kind of been uh, third place, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, in the console department, there's been Microsoft and Sony have been dominating for, I would say, probably the last 10 to 12 years, which is a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... And it's one of those interesting things. It's like when Transformers came to the theaters or G.I. Joe came to the theaters. This idea of Nintendo coming back is very nostalgic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly my age, a little bit younger, and even maybe to your age, because a lot of people grew up with Nintendo. And it's got that nostalgic something-something to it Yes, that gets us excited. And so this new announcement where they're like, yeah, we're going to make something that is for... Uh, I guess this target demo, the nostalgic adult. Uh-huh. Uh, and here it is, and people are getting very excited about it. So it's kind of neat to see them trying to come back, but it's still all speculation. Like, I don't know, I don't know where it's going to fit into the market with the other two big boys. Hmm, interesting. But it does feel, it feels like when, when the movie studio, or even like they made the new Ghostbusters, it's like it feels like they're pulling something from their old... Mm-hmm. and trying to really push on the nostalgia. And they're doing that also with that mini NES that they're releasing uh, this holiday season. And it's like, that's totally a way to go. Nintendo, we're around. Pay attention to us. Hey, nostalgic adults. 
check out this little thing that you used to have in you, when you were a kid. It's, uh-huh. it's beautiful. It's $50, 60 games. You want it. And I'm like, yes, I do. But getting back to the Switch, it's, it's pretty neat, the idea. Yes. It looked pretty cool. I think watching uh, Dragon's Den, you yeah. get kind of the sense that, you know, new products out there have to be innovated, have to move with the times, have to see what people are doing and what they enjoy doing. And you should be building products around that that kind of facilitates that sort of thing. So that's why it was neat to watch the promo because, you know, we're all about, you know, we like to interact with people, but we're interacting with our devices in our hands. So our phones are in our hands, um, phones, whatever, doing stuff. Yeah. And this system allows us to, you know, go from sitting at home playing games to suddenly I can just pick it up and go over to my friend's place and carry on playing the games. Yeah, so I thought that was one of the really smart things they did with that. And, it, and they are marketing this concept of uh, a local social multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And, and Nintendo was always really excelling at that. They were one of the first people to release a console that had four ports for controllers. Got it. Yep. So it's like the Nintendo 64. It's like you just have people over and boom, mm-hmm. you can plug in four people. Almost every game had four-player mode. So it was yep. that idea of couch co-op. Um, couch co-op. On the other side, yeah, that's a term. <laughs> on the other side, like the Sony and Microsoft have been really working on their online multiplayer infra- right. infrastructure. Yes. It's like less and less games. Even when I hang out with my buddies, it's like, come on over. What can you play? I, I don't know. We can trade co- the controller, trade turns, but or you bring your system and another television and we <laughs> hook up. And that's how we have to do multiplayer now. It's like kind of sad. So uh, Nintendo looks like they're really trying to push the idea that video games isn't just you hanging around by yourself in the room. It can be a very social thing, too. And, mm-hmm. I, and I do like that, that, that drive they're trying to push for. I like that as well. And um, kind of the product itself seems pretty cool uh, just because, you know, it has... Uh, controllers that you can pull off the sides of it and mm-hmm. use, or you can have it hooked up to your TV and you use a separate controller. Um, or what else did they do with it? Or, yeah, I don't you know. Could, they you like, could pull off both sides of the controllers and then they became two controllers. Yeah, so and then that. you could have two people with your one thing. And yeah. I don't know, it <laughs> seemed like very multifaceted in all that it could do. It is multifunction. And this is, okay, so this is, let's describe it for a second. Uh, the Nintendo Switch essentially looks like an iPad in some yep. ways, yep. which has uh, left and right uh, buttons, controllers, dials, whatever, that you can attach to the sides of it. And it becomes very much like a portable system, like a Nintendo system or a PlayStation Vita, a small mm-hmm. portable console. But then you can take that home and put it into this docking station, much like an Apple TV or Roku or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, it's on your television now. Yes. And at that point, you can pull off those little control things on the left and right and attach it to another thing. And you have a controller to play on your big TV or you can use uh, other peripherals for it. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential there, but uh, there's also a lot of potential for things to not go well for Ooh. them because the video is all pretty and it looks great and all that, but um, people who are like insiders and no technology are looking at and going, what's the battery life on this going to be? Like if it's that hyper powerful, mm-hmm. like think about uh, you own an iPad. Yep. Have you ever like had it run three hours straight well, doing the task? Well, yeah, if the task is, like, just reading. But if I'm on Skype, 
Like that sucks the battery dry. Yeah. So how long does that last for you? A couple hours. Two hours. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. And iPads are known to have very good batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an iPad mini, so it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, it looks like from the video, I haven't seen it in my hands, but the switch looks like it's about that size. Mm-hmm. So uh, doing a high powered task, like running a video game is very high powered. Mm-hmm. You might only have two hour battery life on that thing. Okay. And that's what people are thinking. Um, Nintendo hasn't made any major statements about it yes. because why, you know, screw yourself over before you release it. Exactly. Um, but I think one person mentioned it's not just a portable device, so that doesn't even matter. So it's like, hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. This is why we have this docking device thing. But then also Mm -hmm. on the other side, if you can dock it and make it into your home console, Mm -hmm. Because it's a portable thing and it, the guts are very small and it's mm-hmm. in this little iPad device, how powerful is this thing really? Is there any way it can match the power of a PlayStation 4, for example? And most people are saying there's no way because it's just too small. Right. There's no way you can fit all that in there. Interesting. So, yet to see. Okay. Very flashy video, very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I don't hmm. know. I'm glad to see Nintendo in the game, though. Yes. Yeah, and I, I like their video because they didn't like specifically market to uh, grandma and grandpa or little kids like they did with the Nintendo Wii. Right. So it seems like they are trying to get their old target demo back. Demo the the back. people with money. <laughs> That's who they need. The people with money. Yeah. The millennials that live in these flashy, hip apartments <laughs> that seem to have disposable yeah. income just flying out their ears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. I didn't notice that well, the first time. you pointed it out. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up here. Because <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. And then, uh, yeah, it was the second time. I was like, wait a second. These are, these are really nice apartments. Mm-hmm. And these guys are actually younger than me, too. Like, they're actually a younger. Like, my age. Yeah. Pretty much. But, yeah, they're just hanging out in their giant apartments with mm-hmm. the really fancy furniture. Oh, having, and it's, like, having, super vintage and hip. Having parties on rooftops and everything. Yeah. Just glorious and mm-hmm. clean and, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, at least they work. The guy was going to the airport. I assume he yes. has a job. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's the Nintendo Switch. It'll be interesting to see if it'll pull it off. Yeah. What will happen? Do you want any marketing numbers for things? You were asking me questions before the podcast. Oh, I was. Just um, curious, like, you know, what's the best-selling console of all time? Did you find that? Um, I don't have the information in front of me, but I do believe for sure it is the PlayStation 2. And the reason for that is it uh, it came with the DVD drive back in the day when DVD was still new and was very hip and very uh, wanted Mm -hmm. for Christmas time, whatever, right? And it was also one of the cheapest DVD players available on the market, which is really strange. So people would almost just buy it. Just for its DVD playing capacity. Oh, absolutely. And it did happen that way. Because I believe it launched around two ninety nine, but and that sounds like a lot, but I think DVD players used to be like 600 bucks when yeah. it first came out. Yeah. So you see this little box, and the PS2 is pretty small too. And they're like, why not just get this? Yep. And what? Oh, it'll play that it'll- new Grand Theft Auto game that's a <laughs> yeah. huge deal right now and yeah. causing buzz. Well, Sony was a big player in DVDs, right? Oh, yeah. So, they were part of developing yeah, the technology. Right. So if they're developing the technology, for sure, create a player that also promotes their games. Oh, yeah. They win, just, they, they win both ways yeah. in, that, in that scenario. And yeah. they tried to do that with the PS3, 
three as well because With they Blu-rays? Mar- they c- were part of creating the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. whereas their competitor and I forget if it was Hitachi or someone else was developing something called an HD DVD. Okay. Which Microsoft got behind with their Xbox. Okay. And uh, the Blu-ray ended up winning. You can't find HD DVDs anywhere. Probably mm. don't even remember what those are. No. Well, maybe briefly. Maybe I've briefly seen those. Yeah. So I just checked oh. your best-selling cards of all time. 155 million. Million. Yes, That is a lot. Oh, and right underneath it, mm-hmm. Nintendo DS. Oh, uh, sometimes these stats don't count portables. Okay. Because, I mean, I guess technically the highest selling thing that plays games on it would be probably the iPhone. Right. Now, <laughs> right? Because it's been seven, eight years. <laughs> True. You count every model <laughs> and every time someone switched. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that would probably be the highest. So, yeah, the Nintendo Wii, which is the highest selling Nintendo platform, 101 million. And they were really pushing... Uh, gamers and non-gamers for that platform, which mm-hmm. I think really helped them sell a lot, but it also lost their core audience. I see. I know. Well, actually, they lost me a long time ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Not since the Super, Super Nintendo. Yep. Yep. You have been PlayStation since then. Yeah. And now I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. So I would love for the Switch to succeed. Dilemmas. But technology is a wonderful thing, and technology is an interesting thing because... The more advanced it gets, the the more I sometimes don't like it. You know, like yes, this has been an interesting conversation with uh, yeah, with my friends. Like this this new PlayStation Four, it's it's glorious, it's beautiful, and all that. But I, I continually find myself wanting to go back to my older things, where it's just a little more pure, and you know, you don't need to have an internet connection to do anything uh, okay. all the time. Or, mm-hmm. You know, have friends lists and firmware updates and all these other things. <laughs> like, you can just put a cartridge in and turn it on, and you're riding on a dinosaur, stomping on mushrooms. Good Yay! <laughs> oh man, um, yes. And this kind of goes into. So, I had a sales rep come visit us at school this week and he's like oh do you like make all your own buffers for everything that you do so we basically take like powdered salts and we make buffers and we ph them to the correct ph and that's what we do and we make them homemade we have recipes in the lab yeah and we make all ours and before you continue yeah explain what the point of a buffer is in, to the layman audience. Oh. Um, what do you do so, with a buffer in science? So in science, um, when you run any kind of reaction and you're dealing with uh, samples, live samples, even the samples we use, it needs to have, you can't just use water. You have to use water that has some kind of salt in it so that it balances out and you don't get any kind of like osmosis effect where the water is like just sucking all the salt out of your sample mm-hmm. or like or the reverse where your sample is just getting bloated with water mm. um, and you also need um, everything that we do has to be at the proper pH because enzymes have to work at the proper pH what's the pH pH is whether something is acidic or basic okay. so um, certain enzymes or certain reactions only happen at pHs of seven or something, which is like right. neutral or eight, which is a little bit more basic. Yeah. Um, so you have to be like super precise with all of these things. So we make everything in house mm-hmm. and we have recipes that have been developed over the 10 years that my prof has had his lab yeah. and we know what pH to use. 
Um, so we make them and it's pretty cheap to do that because you just buy a giant like bulk box of like salt and you can use that. Um, and you just like add water and mix it together. Um, there's more than that. It's salt water and well, it's salt and there's something called Tris HCL and there's glycine. That's that's important. And there's (laughs) these other, but all these things that I'm talking about, they basically all just look like white powder. So you're just taking three white powders and combining them in some water and stirring them, mixing them in. So this story reminds me of like, oh my goodness, it's probably like 20 years ago now. I don't even know. So long ago when I was a young, young teenage Uh having uh, my first jobs at Tim Hortons. Yep. And I remember after like the three year mark, I wanted to get out of there because I didn't want that to be my legacy. Uh, They were starting to switch having raw eggs to make things. Um, like in the bakery department, that's where I worked, to having cartoned, like pre-smushed eggs (laughs) (laughs) where you were just suddenly like pouring it. And it was Mm -hmm. a strange thing. Like Mm -hmm. this is convenient and this is saving time. Yep. But this seems so weird to me to have a uh, pre-prepared eggs. And, you know, let's fast forward now to present time. They probably don't make anything anymore. I don't think so. It's probably all frozen and just Uh thrown in a microwave. So there's nothing, there's there's not a fresh egg anywhere probably in any of the places, but uh, I remember that kind of freaked me out. So this is probably similar for you. So you can get a pre-smushed buffer for you. Yeah, so you can buy buffers. And this guy was trying to basically sell me those. And he's like, oh, you make everything. And I'm like, yeah. Um, And... You know, salespeople are always like, well, you can just, you know, we we sell it. You can just buy it from us. And, like, it's not very expensive and it's all sterile and isn't this fantastic? And I'm like, well, I mean, but we make it. And I actually think that sometimes it's important to know how to make it because you know where everything's coming from. It's not like, oh, you just use buffer one for this particular experiment. It's like, no, you use the Tris HCL buffer that's pH 8.8 for this particular part. I mean, obviously. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah, but you lose that if you just start buying things. And yes, he did bring up a point that there's something that we use that's very powdery and um, it will make you cough if you... It just gets in the air. So usually we have anyone measuring it out. We just have them wear a mask, which seems to solve that problem. He's like, yeah, but then it's like in the air. And I'm like, yeah, so it's all the pollution. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I mean, great. Um, So he tries to like bring that up. And he's like, well, we sell like SDS solution. I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe that I'd consider like just buying that solution for that particular reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, like, I get it. We can just buy everything from you. That would be fantastic. And you would <laughs> be the salesperson that sold us all this stuff. But, like, I yeah. I think there is, there's merit to actually making something from the beginning. Okay. Well, let's investigate this. Did, uh-huh. did you guys investigate the, I mean, there's obviously a cost to it. Um, there's cost to time for mm-hmm. making it yourself as mm-hmm. opposed to just buying a product that does it. Mm-hmm. Does that cost of doing the labor, time, whatever it is, uh, exceed the cost of buying a pre-packaged product or is this very expensive? So I always get annoyed when salespeople are like, well, did you like 
measure out the cost difference between the two of them because I'm like, number one, why am I suddenly doing all this work to do a cost analysis? <laughs> and number two, when you're most of the buffers that we make are for a procedure called Western blotting. Mm-hmm. And with Western blotting, it basically takes you an entire day and it takes you an entire day because you set stuff up and then you let them just run for three hours and then you set something else up and then you have to wait for two hours for that to go. So in the meantime, this is when you can make all your buffers. Yeah. And so time-wise, yeah, it could be saving me time. But what am I going to do? Like go read in the middle of doing like my West. Like I can't do anything else that day because right. I have to wait for this to go. So I guess I could read or like write something, but right. or I could just make my buffer. So time-wise, it doesn't make a difference. It's not a factor. It's part of not, your not uh, really. scheduled day anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I had one guy... Um, cause we also tried to switch technology for one of these procedures. Um, but the newer procedure, everything came prepackaged in a box rather mm-hmm. than us, like cut our own paper down to size or do all that. And he's like, well, did you like measure out the cost difference? I'm like, I don't want to sit here and measure out the cost difference. I'm taking one giant sheet of paper and cutting it down into 80 small squares mm-hmm. versus buying your prepackaged paper, which is obviously going to be more expensive cause you've already done all that for me. I don't know of anyone who's gone through the trouble of finding out how expensive it is it is for them to do their job, like because that's like the kind of thing you don't want to share with your manager. Is like, look at how uh, how much money I waste in my daily procedures. We could really find a better way <laughs> than the way I do things. Don't you think, manager? And yeah. they'd be like, yeah. You're terminated. I'm going to find someone faster. You apparently are very expensive. Yeah, if you have a sales rep that's like trying to sell you something, it just really like irked me that he would be like, well, have you done like a cost analysis? I'm like, why don't you do it for me if you're going to try and sell me this new thing? Because... Prepare some data and come up with yeah, a give general... Yeah, give me an idea. Like we do a lot of these all the time. And I can tell you right now, based visually on us running through all of your product that is now costing us money versus us having a giant piece of paper that I get one of our undergrads to cut for me. Now it's not even my job to do it. It's somebody else's because I can generally trust an undergrad to cut a piece of paper to the correct size. You can generally trust? Generally. It's amazing that sometimes you give the undergrad Mm -hmm. an instruction and you say, please cut all these papers to the exact same size. And then they're like, here you go. And all the papers are different sizes. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've, we had a production person You're like what is this? come in and they had to cut business cards. And uh, I looked at the stack of them and I'm not even in the production department. I'm not managing them. I just walked by and I noticed and I picked them up and they were all different sizes and they're business cards. And I was like, <laughs> where, how do you even do this wrong? Like you're using a machine uh-huh. that you measure yeah. and you tell it, cut it. Yes. And it just cuts them all at once. It's like they it's like they didn't use the machine and were afraid to use it and so they like hand cut like thousands of business cards all at different sizes. And uh yeah, then they, that person went home and I went to like the production manager's like, "Uh, did you see those business cards?" like and it's like, "Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. I already saw it. I sent them home. I'm going to redo it." And it's just like, "Well, what's the point then of getting help?" Yes. When they don't help. We Anyways. just wasted paper. Uh-huh. Those are technological advances where I can see the merits and also where I can see the merits of buying everything. I can see the merits of doing it the old fashioned way too. Yeah. So there is something to the old fashioned. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, especially when you're in science, I think it's important to know where everything is coming from 
and why you have to do it a certain way. Because sometimes you just get used to using a machine and you get this pretty piece of paper with all your data at the end. But you have no idea like what actually was involved in getting to that stage. And I think that's important to understand as a scientist. But that's me. Yeah. Well, on that, on that, mm-hmm. like, uh, on that, on that point, mm-hmm. you guys don't use like advanced computers or advanced applications no. to essentially do the verb science. No. In order to science things, <laughs> you aren't using. I mean, I guess you have fancy equipment for measuring. Um, we do, and we have things gotta, that measure like fluorescence and stuff. Yeah, so like you're telling I me about this calorie yeah. machine, which sounded pretty cool, and you're like, oh, I want to yeah. stick everything into there and find out how much calories yeah. it is. That's old technology too. It's yeah. been around forever. Okay, yeah. So that hasn't really changed. Mm-mm. And I think about that too, even with uh, my my workplace with uh, multimedia designer. It's like, yeah, there's a new Adobe Suite always released. New, 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 new. And mm-hmm. then they went into the subscription model. And as soon as they went into the subscription model, our business is like, oh, no, we can't. We can't throw that much money at our applications. You're good enough with the last version. Yeah. And that last version is probably a few years old now. But, I mean, at the same time, I can defend. It's like, I don't see why we would need a new application to do what we're doing. It's like, it seems to be working just fine. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of human efficiency now. Uh, I, th- I think computers and technology is somewhat, somewhat plateaued for me personally. I don't know if there is new stuff going on. Maybe I'm sounding very ignorant right now, but <laughs> it does seem like, are we just uh, renewing and making new technology for the sake of uh, recycling and cr- creating more business. Like we got to get a new iPhone. You got to get a new half model iPhone, mm-hmm. a new whatever. It's it's got more memory. It's got more this. And it's like yeah, but we kind of plateaued in a way. Like MP3s are what people use for music, and they've been using that for a long time. Yeah, they're the same size they were in early two thousands as they are now in twenty sixteen. So whether you have a 64 gigabyte hard drive or a 300 gigabyte hard drive, it just means you can store more music, but it's not like you're getting better quality sounding music. Yeah, like you're still same. using an MP3. Mm-hmm. You could use uncompressed now, but that's not new technology. You could have gotten uncompressed before. So it doesn't, I don't know. It does feel a little bit like technology's kind of hit its whatever. And I wonder if there will be an, a new thing in our lifetimes. Cause it has been interesting for our lives, right? How much technology has changed. Mm-hmm. More there's, for me than Yeah, you. there's certain be, certainly been like new advances in science, um, but it's a lot of just doing things more efficiently than kind of the old way that we would do it. Yeah. Um, so it's not like suddenly there's this like brand new fancy technique of measuring a protein. Like yeah. it's the same thing. It's just now you can measure it faster or you can put more samples on one plate so you can, you know, yeah, get through it faster. So, um, yeah, science too. There's, you know, lots of new things to discover, but it's kind of the same, same techniques, maybe some new ones. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, that was pretty good. Yeah, that's our technology. Yeah. You know what we didn't do is recap. Our weeks? Yeah. Well, let's just put it at the end then. We'll put it in the footer instead of the header. Mm-hmm. And I thought we should because I complained for so long about having to drive in Montreal for my Frisbee tournament. Oh, right. So here's the follow-up. So here's the follow-up. I did end up doing some driving in Montreal. Yeah. However. However. As I specified, I had a second driver with me, so I didn't do all the driving to Montreal. Yeah. She took over half of it. Actually, I think on the way back she did at least half, if not a little more. 
Good. Um, they stepped up. Which was awesome. And she was great. And she was a pretty good navigator, too, considering that, I will reiterate, <laughs> trying to navigate in Montreal on the highway is impossible. So it is still bad. <laughs> yeah, and we were... construction still there? We weren't even on a part of the highway that was under construction. Oh, okay. We were just on a normal part of the highway, but you literally get to a portion of the highway where it's splitting off into three sections. You can continue going straight, or you can go left, or you could go right. And there's three options on the sign. Yeah. And she's on her iPhone and she's like, you need Highway 40 West. I'm like, that is not one of the options <laughs> because at this point in the road, we have not, the sign is not designating which one will get you to 40 West. So she just kind of be sitting there on her iPhone and I'd be like, what direction do I think I should take? And she'd kind of be like, uh, I guess it's, uh, I guess veer left, go left, try left. And we'd kind of go there and, you know, a couple minutes later we'd see the sign that would be like, oh yeah, 40 West. And I feel like I haven't done this. I I feel like I need to email Google and be like, have you driven in Montreal? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> because you try navigating around. Your iPhone, your Google Maps does not match okay. the signage. <laughs> but here all right, so is that Google's fault or Montreal's fault? Like, let's be honest here, right? Like, Google will probably write me back and be like, honestly, like, we tried. We, we tried. just, we we've can't been, figure it we've out. We've lost seven of our Google cars. They're somewhere. We don't know where they are. They don't yeah. understand. They're trying yeah. to go west, but they have to go west, right? In French. Well, they should be able to figure that part out. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, we were not downtown, downtown Montreal, so driving to the fields. And where better. we were staying was way better. So you didn't get any more smoked meat? I did not. No, we didn't get any smoked meat. There was kind of a part of me that was like, oh, we should do that. But but we didn't. So it was okay. Um, yeah. But it was, it was fun. I'm, I'm happy that it's done. I think. I don't know. I can't rhyme anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to go on a roll? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I'm glad it's finished because it was, it's a lot of weekends to be away and it's just, you're just like catching up after you're gone for a whole weekend, mm-hmm. especially when you've like driven to Montreal and back. You're just like, huh, so much to do. Yeah. And, uh, and on that weekend, actually, mm-hmm. I was hanging out with two different sets of people. It was kind of fun. I had mm-hmm. a little party weekend and, uh, I did bring up the idea of doing podcasts with, uh, both groups and, uh, got a similar response as we got when we did the cottage cast with our parents. It was like... They seem kind of pumped for it, but they're kind of scared about the idea of just having a conversation with microphones in front of you. So mm-hmm. um, I don't really know how to get over that hump, but uh, I don't know. It is what it is. This is our project, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I would love okay. to have some some guests from time to time. I think it brings that extra something something to extra it. Extra boost. Like when, like when Sarah joined us, that was a lot of fun. Yes. Eh, uh, we'll see who we can convince. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Otherwise, I've just been in the lab. My professor is away right now, so it's almost like, let's party. Mm-hmm. When the cat's away, the mice will play. Quite literally, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing with mice. All right. No, but we could be. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, well, to wrap up, let's, uh, let's go back to what we started with. Uh, let's, go, let's just do a little conclusion on this switch thing. I would like your opinion. Do you think this is something that makes sense in our life that we would get? Like us two? Yeah. Because mm. I don't know how I feel about it right now. I don't know if I would jump right on that. Like, I feel like we have a lot of 
consoles and Apple yeah. TVs and yeah. Netflix and things to keep us like occupied. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would be my priority. And that's the thing is a lot of people ask me is like, well, it seems like just what you want to do. And it's like, yeah, but I already have a Vita. And that's it's great. true. I take it on the go. I, I can't pull the things off the side of it, but I don't know if no. I don't want to. <laughs> like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a, a few games already that I can shoot to my television screen. So, like, I've already got the technology. It's kind of that's kind of interesting. Um, um, yeah, I mean, maybe if we had, I don't know, close buddies who we could uh, like hang out on rooftops hang out on rooftops and, and bring uh, our nintendo switch and we could each set up our screens and have a powerful enough internet enough yeah. battery that we could play basketball against one, eno- one another <laughs> yeah and i'm shooting some hoops with my buddies and i'm like let's take a break and play digital hoops yes yeah it's kind of a silly commercial really if you sit back and watch it um yeah so time I'm not will sure. tell but I don't think I'm the right person to be asking if I'm going to be buying video game consoles anytime soon. No, but I mean, that is kind of it, though. That's kind of the point, because you need that outside outside market. And right. and a lot of the outside markets have been very excited about this. A lot mm-hmm. of people who have not played a video game since they owned like a Super Nintendo as a kid, or a Nintendo 64, or a Game Boy with Pokemon, are like, oh, Nintendo, I remember them. This mm-hmm. is the nostalgic thing again. It's like, oh, Pokemon Go. Boom, that exploded. People really got into that. Yes. It's like it hit that nerve for old Nintendo files who might not own a PlayStation or mm-hmm. an Xbox or, or even play video games in general. Maybe they just go on Facebook and play Farmville. Maybe that's what they do now. Hmm. Or uh, Candy Crush on their phones. But they might actually jump into this. Uh, it's, it's interesting. We'll see. We will see. We'll keep, we'll keep an eye on it because it's coming out 2017, early 2017. March. March. Yeah. Okay. So we'll keep an eye. We can do like an update and see what sales are like. I am endlessly fascinated by it for sure. And I uh-huh. wish them the best. Yes, for sure. Definitely. You want to see a company do well. Oh, especially one that I treasured so much in my youth, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So with that... I am going to give a personal shout out to Field Processor, the music that shows at the beginning and ending of this podcast. Also, it's my band. We got a new podcast episode. Very proud of it. Episode 19. Check it out. Fieldprocessor.com. There you go. And if you want to send us uh, an email with questions, comments, ideas, um, maybe you want to buy a Switch and we'll become Nintendo Switch buddies. <laughs> um, you can email us at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website, ordinaryday.ca. Perfect. Where we have everything posted. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, until next time, take, take one, one more for the road. road.